Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Brought to you by the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Hello, friends. Jack, Flight School O'Brien here, uh, also known as Jack. Still can touch Ned if I get a running start and haven't eaten heavy breakfast, O'Brien. Uh, both nicknames that I go by inviting you to check out miles and Jack got mad boosties for a weekly basketball conversation with me and my co-host from the daily zeitgeist miles gray. We are joined by comedians, writers, podcasters, and fellow NBA fans. As we discuss the latest news and events from around the league, check it out. Miles and Jack got mad boosties brought to you by the first ever Toyota grand Highlander. The first look at betting next week's games in the NFL. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome in. It is the Opening Lines second hour. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Matt Humans alongside as well. Dan Staley, professional handicapper, college football handicapper, is going to be with us in 30 minutes. But week two of the National Football League is upon us. So, Matt Humans, we dive right in as we look ahead to next week's action. I'll give out the game, the opener, the adjustment from the opening line. You give us your thoughts on what's going to happen maybe in this next week of action. Let's start at the top of the rotation. The New York Giants on Thursday night will hit the road, take on the Washington football team. Problem for the Washington football team, lost Ryan Fitzpatrick to a hip injury. Taylor Heineke probably going to be the guy. Look ahead line was 5.5 with a total of 43.5. We're looking at 3.5 now in favor of the team with a total of 41.5. Yeah, I would not expect offensive fireworks in this game. And, in fact, if you can find a total of 43, I would look to play under that. I don't downgrade Washington at all. When you go from uh, Ryan Fitzmagic to Taylor Heineke, I, I think he's a quarterback who can move the ball and they can win with him. That said, I don't want to lay points with either of these teams right now. Uh, let's move then to an NFC South matchup, 269-270. New Orleans, after just pasting the Green Bay Packers today, mm-hmm. my guy Jameis Winston looking like the real deal, LASIK and a new coach. Well, this is interesting. They get to take on the Carolina Panthers, who won today 19-14. to They let the Jets get in the back door for some of those contest entries, right? You know, the fives were out there for some of the contests. Five and a half of the last man standing, by the way, stations. Hell yeah, got in there. Uh, but Carolina, this was a look ahead. How about this? Carolina was initially, it was about a pick with a total of 47 and a half. We see the adjustment now, though, Eubens. We're looking at the Saints three with a total of 46. Overreaction alert. Uh, this is going to be, I think, one of the biggest overreactions is the Saints pound the Packers. 38 to 3. 
Uh, now they go on the road as favorites over the Panthers. I like the Panthers in this spot. I think they should be live dogs. Sam Darnold played well today, 24 for 35, 279. Christian McCaffrey returns, 21 carries, 98 yards. Uh, that's what I'm looking for in week two is the overreaction. And I think uh, everybody's going to be, well, the Saints are back. This, the Saints look like Super Bowl contenders. Uh, after blowing out the Packers by five touchdowns, I think they're going to be in a little bit of a flat spot here. And uh, the Panthers should be live home dogs. I'm doing everything I possibly can not to jump, not to bite. We you, might, you might see a three and a half pop up on this game at some point. I will say this. If yeah. we get under three, if we're talking like two and a half, I'm in. But if it starts to climb, I'm out. Well, if you lay two and a half, you're, t- you're playing the Saints? Yeah. Really? Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm in. I'm in. Maybe. We got time. Houston at Cleveland. Next up on the rotation. Houston gets a little respect here from oddsmakers on huh? the market. Look ahead was Cleveland 13 with a total of 45 and a half. They take care of business against Jacksonville. Cleveland loses a close one to Kansas City. 12 and a half the adjustment with a total of 48. Half point adjustment. Good for you, Houston. Are the Texans still power rated number 32 in the league after today? I would say 31 now. Jaguars 32. Yeah, they got, I mean, they got to be down they there. Pretty you got to give the Texans respect. Uh, I would agree with that. I think the Texans bumped up a little bit. Plus, you and I both like Tyrod Taylor, a quarterback. I think they showed a lot of positive things. I'm seeing a 12 and a half and a 13 out there on this yep. game right now. And the Browns blew it. They probably should have beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. I think they'll bounce back and win. But at 13, uh, 13 or more, I might look to play the Texans in this spot. Now, who did not blow it were the Cincinnati Bengals. They mm-hmm. did the opposite of that. They got a win. Cincinnati uh, took one out in overtime, 27-24 to 24 over the Minnesota Vikings. They now hit the road to take on the Chicago Bears, coming off of a loss at the hands of the Los Angeles Rams. All Andy Dalton's fault, of course. So as we look now, Chicago on the look at 3.5 with a total of 46. Now we're looking at 3 with some other places like Juice, to, right? The 3 minus 120 with a total of 45.5. I hate to say it. I hate to say it because I've been anti-Bears the whole time, but I kind of like the Bears in this spot. I would uh, agree. This number is telling you the Bengals and the Bears are dead-even teams on a neutral. I actually think the uh, the Bears are a couple points, a few points, maybe even better than the Bengals. And, in fact, uh, the Bears showed an ability to run the football against the Rams tonight, which I didn't really think they would have. But that's the Rams' number one ranked defense. And the Bears found some soft spots in there. The Rams will allow you to hit some quick – uh, short, intermediate throws, and uh, they they actually left some uh, gaping holes out there for the Bears running backs. I think the Bengals' defense is much softer in the front seven than the Rams, and the Bears should be able to pick up a win here. I, I kind of like the home favorite. Uh, you know, it's freaky. Our minds so much like David Montgomery today, 16 carries, 108 yards, 6.8, one touchdown. That's with Aaron Donald in the middle. This is not the no, front seven. That is no, I was, surprised, I was surprised the Vikings game. didn't have more success moving the ball against the, the Cincinnati front. I wouldn't be surprised to see this number go up to three and a half at some point this week. Now, one of the overreactions I'm looking to play against, the problem is the team that's on the other side mm-hmm. has yet to play, so we'll see how it goes. Pittsburgh Steelers will play host to the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders, of course, playing tomorrow night, Monday. Pittsburgh on the look ahead, five and a half with a total of 49. They get a win on the road against Buffalo. Market is adjusted at half point. We're up to six with a total total of 48 and a half. Might look to play the Raiders here, depending on what happens uh, Monday night, but you might want to grab that six if you like the Raiders in the matchup and think the Steelers win and Buffalo was an overreaction uh, or, or a little bit uh, of a mirage because the Steelers had a, a block punt. Mm-hmm. They were outgained by 120 yards. They were outrushed by 45 yards. Uh, the box score would not tell you the Steelers were the better team today. So 
I think there is going to be an overreaction, and uh, the Raiders should be live in this game against Pittsburgh. Now, speaking of their opponent, Buffalo Bills, they will look to bounce back. They hit the road to take on the Miami Dolphins. Look ahead line was Bills 3 with a total of 48.5. There's been an adjustment, but not one that you would think. Bills now actually laying 3.5 with a total of 47.5, and and, uh, this is something we could talk about throughout the week, humans, but again, I thought the Miami Dolphins got away with one here. Damian Mm -hmm. Harris fumbles as the Patriots are going in to take a lead and potentially cover that game. Outgained. First downs. Yards per play. However you want to do it. The Dolphins were outplayed by the Patriots today, and yet Miami won. Well, Dolphins did not win the box score, but they won the scoreboard. And um, I think they're going to be a bet against in week two coming home off a uh, win at New England. And the Bills are going to be angry with the way they performed in week one against the Steelers. They were were sloppy. Josh Allen, like you said, looked like the Josh Allen of uh, a couple of years ago. Not the version we saw last season. I think the Bills bounce back here. I'm not going to let the hook scare me away. I I think I would look to play the Bills on the money line or play the Bills at uh, minus three, three and a half. I I don't think you can find a three out there right now. It's mostly, it's pretty much three and a half across the board. This number, by the way, did open a little bit lower. Yeah. Uh, So. I think the Bills will get the betting support here, despite the loss today. We've also seen an adjustment uh, for the Los Angeles Rams in their matchup on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. Colts stymied, looked awful, 28-16, to the final score in their game with Seattle today. Not even indicative of how the game really went. They were never really in it to begin with. It was 21-10 to for a majority of the contest. Now the Rams, who opened as a three-point favor with a total of 48.5 in the look-ahead line, humans, now they're a four-point favor with a total of 47. And I would expect that there's some four-and-a-halves that will appear. Mm-hmm. Spots like DraftKings have this four-shade to the four side at four minus 115. Again, uh, the Rams, I think, showed some uh, weaknesses on defense tonight that I did not expect to see. And yeah. I expect the Colts to – Colts are one of those teams I think will look so much better in week eight than they do in week one. Yeah, we have to realize, right, left tackle the problem. T.Y. Hilton not playing. Offensive line's what, yep. been in chaos for mm-hmm. the Colts, right? T.Y. Hilton, like you just mentioned, out. The Colts are going to be uh, a buy-on team at some point. Is it going to be week two? Are you ready to buy week two? I'm not sure, but yeah. I would I would look to take four, four and a half or pass here because, uh, again, I'll, I'll look to bet against the team on Sunday night to beat up on the Bears and is going on the road lane points. I think, I think the Colts might be in a good spot here. Yeah, I am. Uh, they are definitely on the short list or the long list. I'll put it that way. They're, they're under consideration. San Francisco on the road against Philadelphia. Uh, I hate to say it, but this one might be on the short list here, and they would be on the Philly side. It has nothing to do with what Philly did today. It has everything to do with the injuries that the San Francisco 49ers were injury. Mm-hmm. Jason Ferret, a serious injury for the 49ers secondary, and that is already a thin secondary as it is. A big reason why the Lions were able to get back into this game. So they're short. They're starting corner. Now San Francisco hits the road. Look ahead line here had San Francisco. Francisco is about a three and a half point favor with a total of 46 and a half. Now we're looking at three with a total of 48 or 49. You know, and the Niners have been really good under Kyle Shanahan when it comes to bullying bad teams. Mm-hmm. They've been great in the bully role. And don't forget, they were up 24 points two minutes ago today. Yes. Uh, but their back to back road games are a little bit beat up on defense. And I think the Eagles are going to have a lot of confidence after steamrolling the, uh, the Falcons in Atlanta today. Um, again, I don't, I don't want to take a stand on this, this game yet. I want to look at it more later in the week. But I think the Eagles, uh, the Eagles could be live as, uh, as dogs here. 
What do we do with Denver? So they hit the road to take on Jacksonville. This is one of those instances where maybe the pendulum swings a little too far in the other direction, right? Mm -hmm. Jacksonville today closes a three-point favorite on the road against the Houston Texans. They lose. It wasn't even close. They lose in very, very easy fashion to Houston. Now they go from a three-point favorite on the road to a six-point underdog at home Mm -hmm. to the Denver Broncos. Keep in mind that the look-ahead line here was Denver minus three with a total of 43. So we're talking about a three-point adjustment here. And now all of a sudden, a team that was power rated relatively high finds itself in a pretty sizable home underdog role. And I agree with the adjustment here. I think the Broncos should be six. Uh, Jaguars, you and I have talked about it several times in the past week. Their offensive line looks weak. If you can't run the ball, Trevor Lawrence is going to look bad. He threw three picks today. Urban Meyer is not working any miracles over there on the sideline. I think his chest feeling pretty tight, huh? Might have some chest pains. Might have want to spend more time with his family. Yeah, if things keep going south, who knows <laughs> what's going to happen here. But, uh, I think the Jaguars are every bit as bad as they looked. And uh, I was not surprised they got beat today in Houston. So uh, I, I, I support the adjustment here in the Broncos. All right, one game we haven't really touched on yet, and this mm-hmm. is a pretty fascinating one. New England Patriots on the road against the New York Jets. This is one where I don't want to get off of my prides. I saw a lot from the New England Patriots today that I expected to be strengths from them against Miami. Sure. Right, you said it. They won the box score in every category that I expected them to, except for the final score. Now you go on the road to take on the New York Jets. Look at headline was three and a half with a total of 44. That's pretty much what we're looking at across the board. No real adjustments. Plus spots like the Superbook or Circa or four. This is the other side of it, though. I watched that game closely because I had action. Zach Wilson was not impressive today. 20-37, to 258, two touchdowns and an interception. Put the ball on the turf uh, once as well. This Jets team got in the back door, but it was not a good offensive performance. Zach Wilson was much better in the second half than he was the first half. His yeah. start was horrendous yep. in that game today. Uh, I think the Patriots are another team that's going to bounce back, and I, I expect a double-digit win in this one. Uh, the Patriots... Uh, are much better, uh, much stronger on both lines. Uh, much better coach team at this point. Mac Jones, I thought, played really well today. Uh, that costly fumble at the end was what cost the Patriots uh, the chance to get the win. I was hoping to lay three here, JVT, and obviously the betting market, I think, is uh, sharp enough not to allow that to happen here. So it's three and a half or four. I'll, I'll be looking to bet the Pats or pass. How about this? The Jets today, 252 total yards, 4.2 yards per play. 93 of those yards came on their final drive mm-hmm. to get into the end zone late. It was not a good performance for the Jets' offense. All right, we'll roll through the rest of week two, and coming up in 15, 20 minutes from now, Dan Staley walks us through week two of the college football schedule. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. is opening lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money, and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. Get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 a month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It's Matt Humans, and it's Jonathan Von Tobel here on the opening lines. Rolling through. The opening lines for week two of the National Football League here in our second hour. All right, Matt, we left off 287, 288. So let's start here. Minnesota on the road against Arizona. Vikings take one on the chin. They lose on the road in overtime to the Cincinnati Bengals. Had to come back to even force overtime with the 50-plus yard field goal. Ultimately lose that game. Arizona comes off of a beatdown of the Tennessee Titans, 38-13. to And a game that actually was not as close as that score even indicates. Arizona on the look ahead. This is quite the adjustment here too, right? Arizona, when you looked at the look headlines from last uh, last week, three with a total of 50. Now we're talking about four and a half populating the board with a total of 51. I, I think this is a classic case of uh, how you handicap week two when you're talking about week one overreactions. Mm-hmm. Are the Cardinals as, as good as they look today? No. You talked about it. They took advantage of a matchup against the Titans they could exploit. They averaged 6.2 yards per play, allowed 3.9. Uh, they outgained the uh, Titans 416 to 248. They're not as good as they look today. I do like a lot of what I saw in Arizona. But I, the fact that you get the Vikings here catching four and a half, a team, with, uh, a team that's well coached, Mike Zimmer, 
at times in the past years looked like he, he's not a good coach anymore. But Zimmer is going to have his team motivated here for week two off that loss at Cincinnati. And I think this is kind of a, a buy low spot on the Vikings where catching four and a half, I think this number should be more like three. Yep. Well, that was the look ahead. Yeah. How about that? Right where it should be. So, yeah, that's one of those. And Minnesota, too, defensively, expect them to, and they weren't even terrible today, but you expect them to continue to get a little better. Some big plays that they gave up. And it was a running game that kind of surprised you the lack of continuity offensively for the Minnesota mm-hmm. Vikings today against Cincinnati. So we go from there uh, to the biggest spread on the board. That would be Tampa Bay and Atlanta. So, Tampa Bay, keep in mind, Tampa Bay has some issues in that secondary. If for those who don't know, you know, uh, um, Sean Murphy Bunting, of course gruesome elbow injury in that Thursday night game. Won't be available for this week or weeks going forward. Poorly graded secondary by PFF mm-hmm. standards in that game against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, you're up to a 12.5 point favor with a total of 52 against Atlanta. Look ahead here was 10.5 for the total of 52. Yeah, it looks like an overreaction, but I'm not going to call it that because the Buccaneers, I think, have so many weapons offensively. You're going to tease be- them down? No, nah, I'm not going to mess with get, the tease. I don't, I don't tease 12.5 <laughs> point favorites. <laughs> uh, I'm not really going to tease the Falcons up to 18 and a half either, but if we're going to tease it, that would be the side. I would, I would tease uh, the underdog up in this game. I just think the Falcons are every bit as bad as I thought they were going to be going into the season. I, did, I don't think Arthur Smith is uh, any sort of offensive innovator that's going to set the league on fire. Matt Ryan's best days are in the rearview mirror. There's no question about it, but he's got some weapons. The Falcons are at points going to look better than they did uh, today and the Buccaneers showed in that Thursday night game, their their uh, their linebackers, their secondary, those guys can mm-hmm. get exploited in coverage. Uh, so the Falcons probably be able to move the ball better in this matchup. But right now, I'm uh, I'm not uh, like I said, running to the window or jumping on the app to take the points with a dog. If you like the Falcons, you might be able to get 13 and a half by the end of the week. So let's go to Tennessee and Seattle then. This is the game uh, on the long list, but it's on a side. It would be a total. Look mm-hmm. ahead here was three and a half in favor of the Seahawks with a total of 51. They go on the road to beat Indianapolis. We just talked about the Titans who lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Tennessee now has to make the trek to the West Coast where from a three and a half point underdog they go on the look ahead line to a five and a half and then actually multiple spots, a six point underdog with a total of 52 and a half. Against yeah, there's Seattle. a couple of dogs here that are going to be easy for me to pass on this week. Falcons and Titans. And if, if you want to make a case for those two, that's fine. I, I would listen to your case, but I'm coming into the season. I did not like the Falcons. I did not like the Titans, yeah. and didn't see anything to change my mind in Week One. So uh, I think this number Seahawks six is fair. Uh, I think this uh, the fair this number maybe slight over adjustment to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about playing on some of the thoughts that we had, uh, my head about the Seahawks secondary, about the Seahawks defense, this lack of a pass rush, and the ability for Tennessee to potentially have some success more than they did offensively. But you also today. know the Seahawks are going to be able to move the ball and put up points in this Tennessee defense, which is why over fifty two and a half <laughs> okay. would be for, the, for me right. the the angle to go. The, the, the look ahead number was fifty one, so now we're at fifty two and a half. We'll see if that's going to be the case. Uh, but I do think that you'll probably see this total move in that direction because this has makings of a contest that has two teams that I think will struggle to stop the other. So we go from there to the Dallas-LA matchup. The Chargers will play host to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we haven't seen a massive adjustment off of this, but Dallas riding high off of a very competitive game, of course, against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in which they had a lead late. Dallas, on the look-ahead, was a three-point underdog with a total of 50. And we're pretty much there, although this is where it toggles a little bit, to use Vinny's term, right? We're talking about three minus 110, 52 and a half over at Circa. We're talking about two and a half minus 115. It's some online books right out there on the East Coast. There's a three out there shaded to the dog side. There's a 
Superbook has that same price as well. So you can find numbers around the key areas just varying juice. It's not surprising to see this change, though, given how good Dallas looked in that game against Tampa Bay offensively. Yeah, and uh, again, that's you're not. Don't be fooled because the Cowboys are not going to look that good every week. And I was surprised their offense was ready, ready to fire like it did Thursday night with Dak Prescott not playing a game in about a year. The offensive line missing Zach Martin. Uh, yeah, it was surprising. It was also an indictment of the the Tampa Bay defense, especially the linebackers and secondary, that the Cowboys were able to. Uh, put the ball in the air for 403 yards. Dak Prescott had 58 pass attempts. That's not a sustainable offensive plan. They're going to have to run the ball. And Zeke Elliott, I think at some point, is uh, going to have to bust loose. It might be this in this matchup against the Chargers. Zach Martin comes back. He's expected to come back on the offensive line. That's going to help. Uh, he's their best offensive lineman. They do lose Collins on the offensive line to a suspension. But again, to me, it goes back to the Cowboys, I think, are going to be a pretty good team in the road dog role. They have been in the past. I think they will be this year. They showed it against the Bucks on Thursday night. I've never liked the Chargers as home favorites. And sometimes uh, that's one of the nuances of NFL handicapping. If you pay attention to angles like that, uh, sometimes it can pay off. So I kind of like the Cowboys in the road dog role here. And uh, there are a couple spots, including Circa and the Westgate, where you can get three. So my play would be Cowboys plus three. All right, let's go to our two primetime games for week two then. Last two on the rotation. Kansas City will head to Baltimore on Sunday night. Look ahead was two and a half with a total of 53 and a half. We're looking at two and a half right now on the actual game line with a total of 54 and a half. So a slight adjustment on the total. But we haven't seen Baltimore play. That's a very key mm-hmm. aspect of this. Baltimore, we know, very banged up. Cluster injuries both at corner and at running back. We'll see if Mark, uh, excuse me, Jimmy Smith plays this Monday night game, but no real adjustment, and I don't expect to see one until we see the Baltimore Ravens play tomorrow night. Yeah, our graphic was wrong there. The uh, the Chiefs are the favorites in this game, two-and-a-half-point yeah. favorites out in Baltimore, and if you like the Chiefs, I would say lay the two-and-a-half now, because the only thing that could really change is if the Ravens look really bad Correct. Monday night. If Baltimore gets beat up by the Raiders, you're going to see the Chiefs go to three, maybe even three-and-a-half-point favorites, because a year ago, these teams played same situation in Baltimore. The Chiefs led 27-10 at halftime, and they boat raced Baltimore in that game. Uh, So I would lean Chiefs at 2.5, but again, it's probably going to be a game that uh, you're going to see a lot of offense. This is a Sunday night game, and a total... I see a low total out there of 54.5 is moving towards 55.5-56. Yep. And the last one on the board, it's a good one. Monday night, <laughs> Detroit on the road against Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay licking its wounds after falling completely flat on its face on the road in Jacksonville against New Orleans today. So we saw a look ahead here. Not a massive change, but the look ahead was Green Bay 11 with a total of 48.5. Now 10.5s populating the board with a total of 49. Detroit looking a little bit more plucky offensively, but most of the damage coming late in the game against a really beat-up secondary for San Francisco. Don't think you can buy too much into Jared Goff and the numbers there. And Green Bay, as you've said multiple times, is going to be better than they looked. Question is 10.5 in an NFL game and in the divisional game, nonetheless, Mm -hmm. on Monday night. Yeah, I'm not ready to lay the 10.5 with the Packers. And uh, and it's it's at that number where you can't really tease the Packers either. Mm -hmm. They're going to tease it down to 4.5. That's not a smart move. Uh, So I'm not sure what to do with this game because I'm not ready to... uh, jump on the Lions' side either. I think this is a poorly coached team. They trailed by 24 points. It's a two-minute warning today for a reason. That said, the Green Bay defense has got some problems. I thought Aaron Aaron Rodgers looked totally disinterested in the game. He kind of looked like the Aaron Rodgers of two years ago. And I thought the Packers might take a step back this year because JVT, if you think about last year, 
everything, the ball bounced the Packers' way. Everything went Aaron Rodgers' way last year. Mm -hmm. And in the NFL, that typically does not happen two years in a row. So I thought, you know, and that's one of the reasons you and I each bet the Vikings to win the NFC North. Not crazy about that bet after today. Hey, hey, they're all 0-1, so let's go. It's a pretty bad division. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to try to challenge the NFC East for worst division in football. Now, I I would expect the Packers to bounce back, and that's what this number is reflecting. Uh, bookmakers making it really difficult to lay it with the pack with this number of ten and a half. Yeah, interesting to watch. Uh, Do you want to bet the Lions on a weekly basis? I know, uh, sure as hell, I don't. No, oh. no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll be okay as we move forward with that. Uh, but really, when you look at this, I'd be interested to see for Green Bay moving forward. I thought one of the weaknesses we talked about priors uh, was going to be a front seven that had some trouble against some strong ground games. And today, four and a half yards per carry to the New Orleans Saints. It's not the worst, but it's also below average. So it is a weakness for Green Bay to watch as we move forward. On the other side, let's talk with Dan Sealy, professional handicapper, college football handicapper. He attacks these opening lines posted at Circa for the next week of college football action. We have a lot of good games next week, man. I'd say this is a much deeper card mm-hmm. than this past Great week. college card. Oh, absolutely fantastic. Alabama and Florida. We've got Penn State and Auburn. Dan's involved with a lot of those and more. We'll discuss when we come back here on the opening lines. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. It is now available 24-7 on YouTube TV Sports Plus Package. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to start your free trial. And remember, you can also watch us 24-7 on Fubo TV, Sling, and Xfinity X1. Visit vcin.com to find all the ways you can watch I know a lot of people watching right now on YouTube TV, and they're tuned in because they want to see Dan Saley this week. Well, let's uh, welcome in Dan Saley. Dan is nice enough to give us some time today. College football handicapper attacks the Circa openers with gusto and vigor every single Sunday at about 11 a.m. Dan, good evening. Appreciate the time. So let us dive right in with the headline matchup, Alabama, Florida. We were talking about this in the first hour that uh, it's not great that there's already rumblings coming out of Florida that uh, Emory Jones got to lock it up, man. Four interceptions through two games and lesser competition. Now it's Alabama. What was the read here is uh, the Crimson Tide actually opened 15. Well, thanks for having me, uh, JVT. Yeah, the Alabama game is interesting. I'm always waiting to see what that number is because usually it's too low and you just want to bet it because it's going to skyrocket and then you can try to get a middle on the other side. But when I saw that it opened at 15, I felt like there would be a lot of buyback from Florida uh, bettors. And that's what happened. It opened at 15. You had a lot of action on Florida. It actually dropped it all the way down to 13, to my surprise. And that's when I hit it. I grabbed it at 13. And, of course, now uh, that game is up to 16. And uh, the one thing that I was thinking about is Anthony Richardson, who probably should be the starting quarterback for Florida. Mm-hmm. He pulled a hammy on that touchdown run yesterday. I'm not sure how effective he will be in this game. But I think you should take Alabama, you know, take them in the morning, take them in the afternoon, take them in the evening until someone proves otherwise. you got to bet Alabama. And, and I'm sure that line's going to just keep going at some point. <laughs> and maybe you can get a nice middle. Uh, if it goes up past 17. Yeah, it's up to 16 right now. So open 15, down to 13, up to 16. I made the number 16 and a half. I always make Alabama numbers a little bit high. Uh, Dan, talk about your philosophy when you're betting these opening numbers at Circa. You obviously weren't closing your line value. And uh, how much time, how, how often do you shoot for middles on some of these games? Well, that's the name of the game is getting that closing line value. And that's what you want to do. You want to beat that closing number. If you do that often enough, usually you're going to be a winner. Uh, What's interesting is 
the most common margin of victory in college football game, uh, number one is three points, not surprising. Number two is seven points, again, not surprising. What is surprising is number three is 14 points, which I find interesting. I would have guessed maybe four points, which I think is what the NFL is. And the number four most common margin is 10 points. So you're looking at all those key numbers. If you can dance around those, i.e., you get Alabama at 13 and a half or 13, and then it goes up, you know, to 16, you've got a good spot there. Maybe not with Alabama because they normally blow everyone out even worse. But in general, if you can get anything straddling those key numbers, especially if you don't feel super great about the game, if you think it's going to land on 14 or has a good chance to, then why not shoot for that middle? So, plus it also gives you, you know, an advantage in terms of uh, you can throw a lot of money out there on, on those middle opportunities. If you hit one out of 20, you break even. But statistically, you should be hitting them one out of 14 times. So obviously, if you're betting a lot, especially over a long time, you're, you're going to make out quite well. Dan Saley, professional sports better, specializes in college football, fires at the circuit opening numbers every Sunday. Let's talk about the uh, Arizona State-BYU game. I think it's a, a fascinating game to handicap, Dan, because you would think uh, BYU is going to be in a bit of, of a flat spot after uh, the celebration last night and stopping the nine-game losing streak to rival Utah. Does Arizona State deserve to be a two, two-and-a-half-point road favorite here? I'm not sure. I've got BYU rated the better football team, uh, but it's not a great spot if you're looking to take the Cougars. You took BYU plus two right away. Right. It opened up at two, and I think it's still at two. It hasn't moved. Uh, I think anytime you're getting points at home it is good, but Arizona State just hasn't shown us anything yet, and I agree with you. That was a big victory in the Holy War, and I was on the wrong side of that. I thought Utah was going to beat them. But watching that game, the one thing that became very clear to me is that uh, Jaron Hall, the quarterback, he's the real deal. That guy's got some wheels. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think uh, Arizona State has had trouble traveling to BYU in the past. And uh, getting points at home, I think that's that's good. And I think that line will move. I think that's going to flip by game time. Okay. BYU right now, a two-point home dog to Arizona State. Uh, JBT? What about let's let's talk about the San Jose State Hawaii game quickly because mm-hmm. you grabbed uh, San Jose State at minus four, Dan. This is late. This is going to be a uh, nine thirty p.m. Pacific time kickoff this week. Late night football, San Jose State and Hawaii, and the uh, Hawaii's playing on its campus. It's got a little ten thousand seat stadium. It's a pretty cool atmosphere set up here. But JVT's got San Jose rated his number one team in the Mountain West. You laid four points at the circuit opener. It is now up to six and a half and some spots seven. So you like the San Jose side at a cheap number. Well, uh, the only disappointing thing about this game is it opened at three, and I just wasn't fast okay. enough to be yeah. able to, to get the four. That uh, was what I got. That number actually moved up all the way to eight, and it's important people understand that. It moved all the way up to eight, and then you had some Hawaiian money come in and back it down to six and a half. Uh, I, I think anyone who's been watching Hawaii play has been less than impressed lately. They certainly haven't done it for me. I like San Jose State having, having had time off since their last game with USC, time to think about everything they needed to fix and change. And I think the talent disparity between San Jose State and Hawaii, I think is big enough to certainly justify being a favorite on the road. Uh, but again, if that number, and I think that number will go back above seven, above eight, 
uh, that, that's another middle possibility. But uh, I might just leave it leave it as is. Minus mm-hmm. four, I feel, is pretty good against Hawaii. Well, let, let's stay along the same vein then, Dan, because uh, humans' highest power-rated team in the Mountain West is Nevada. And Nevada has a pretty intriguing road spot uh, coming up this week as they will hit up Manhattan yep. to take on Kansas State. This is still sitting at about two. Uh, what did you grab here, and what is your read between Nevada and Kansas State? Well, this is kind of more of a unique play. I had this targeted last night because Skylar Thompson, the quarterback of Kansas State, is going to be out. He got hurt in the last game. And his backup, Will Howard, he came in, he just did not impress. And this was against an FCS team. So looking at that, to me, it was just a clear value for Nevada. I think Nevada's got a great offense. Carson Strong shows that he can play. And so the moment I was going to bet at whatever it was when it opened, and it opened at two, and uh, that's that's what I, I got it at. Uh, not sure where it's at right now. It might Listen still, maybe it's two and a half now. Yeah. I think it's two and a half. Uh, so, again, you're playing against, I'm going against an injury with Kansas State at the quarterback position. I like it. All right, let's go to one of the prime, the, the big primetime matchups then that I, I know a lot of eyes will be on here. Uh, Auburn, Penn State. We saw this open. We got the, the full touchdown of seven, but we're underneath that key number of seven at six and a half. And I think you took the full seven, correct, with Auburn? I did. The moment I saw seven, I completely jumped on it. Uh, we've got a, a powerhouse type of SEC team uh, getting seven points to go on the road. Uh, I think it is going to be a wide-out game, which is great, and that's a great atmosphere. But Auburn every year, they go to play LSU or Alabama. They're used to, to big atmospheres. Not as impressed with Penn State in terms of they did need a lot of help to beat Wisconsin. I think it's going to be a good game. But I also think Auburn, Bo Nix has been looking better. The running backs, Tanks, Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, they look good. The value getting seven, I think, is, I think it's worth it. It went down to five, and then there was some buyback, and it's back up to six and a half. So a lot of people did throw money at Auburn when it opened. Yeah, Auburn plus seven, a good number there. At the same time, Bo Nix on the road, not the same quarterback, and Auburn just beat two of the worst teams on the on the face of the earth in Akron and Alabama State. So still some questions to be answered about the Tigers. How about Minnesota-Colorado? And uh, the Gophers without their top running back, one, might be the best running back in the Big Ten, talking about Ibrahim. Minnesota, you grabbed a plus, or you you grabbed Colorado plus two. That's now a pick at Circus. So Colorado opened a home dog. It's now a pick'em game, and the Buffaloes, Dan, uh, had every opportunity to upset Texas A&M yesterday. So this is kind of the most interesting game on uh, opening lines today because they opened up. It was Minnesota minus three. Okay, that flipped all the way around to Colorado minus three, a six-point swing. And after that, hours later, it, it's gone back down to pick'em. So that's just a very interesting swing. That means you, you've got a lot of different betters with different opinions. Uh, the way I look at Colorado, and I, I watched a good part of that game, they held Texas A&M to 97 yards rushing and 3.3 a carry. Minnesota, you know, I'm not sure if they've lost some identity when they lost Ibrahim. Jason uh, Potts is a good back, but, I mean, Minnesota was up 21-3 at the half yesterday, and, and normally they would just keep pounding with Ibrahim. They would demoralize the other team that run the clock, and instead they let Miami of Ohio come back. And Minnesota had to score 10 in the fourth quarter just to secure their victory. This is their first road trip of the year. They're playing in altitude. I think Colorado is going to stop their run game. And uh, I, I think getting points at home, that was a good spot to be in. I kind of like that spot as well. Little known fact about Dan Saley. He and his wife named their, uh, their first son Raider. Really? 
His, his real first name is Raider. Dan, do you like the home That's dog right. Monday night? Raiders, Ravens. Do you I like do. It? Yeah, okay. I do. Go go <laughs> Raiders. I mean, what what running backs are on the uh, Baltimore roster right now? Did, did they get somebody off the street to come in and play? I think they might be hitting up Raider, actually, to fill up some spots, Dan. So. Raiders, yeah, Sailor. They, they would need them. They would need them. I think the Raiders are going to rock it out. Dan, we're up against it, but we appreciate the time, bud. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, you got it. All right, wrap up the opening lines here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network, next. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
Wrapping up things here on the opening lines. You heard it. We'll be here, though, for those uh, who are not familiar with it. Opening lines are going to be here every single Sunday night, humans and myself, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. We are your look into the next week of action in the NFL and college ranks, humans. So we're excited to be back and also be back on the edge. Oh, I love tomorrow. the late night shows. Yep. Love them. By the way, props to guys like Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds, who uh, were workhorses today. Seven hours on right. a green zone. Old school. When Beeson started four and a half years ago, JVT and I did the seven-hour green zones from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. In the heat that's of summer. T- that's a tough shift. Oh, yeah. Especially tough in the summer when we did it when you had the baseball games to talk about. When we were it's told, a lot easier when you have football. When we were told, go over that A's-Tigers game for the fifth time. <laughs> Rick Jaffe, would, our producer, would sit over there. Can, can we talk about the Rangers and the Tigers one more time? <laughs> Do we have to? Sean Higgs tweeted us. At real underscore Higgs. It's not this fake Sean Higgs. This is a real Sean Higgs. The Edge is back. Love to see you guys on late night. And then we get a phone cameo from the professor, v Vinny. A great Sunday night. Just missing an X-chair promo and human's fast food meal of the day. I stopped at Del Taco before the show. And I'm uh, probably going to stop at Denny's after the get? show. Del Taco's got this new uh, quesadilla stuffed taco. That sounds, it? it's, no, that sounds it looks incredible. Good. It looks good. Not as good as it looks on the picture, which yeah. is true with everything. I say always. But uh, I got the grilled chicken and the steak, and they were pretty good. What kind I of give, I give it like a, I give it a B. You a hot sauce guy? Yeah. What kind of hot sauce are we talking? I get the fire sauce. There you go. That's what we're talking about here, huh? That's what we're talking about. Oh, really quickly, before mm-hmm. we move on uh, to our college football stuff, you want to clean up? You want to give out? Uh, Saley had a couple more. Yeah, Dan um, Saley fired, uh, I'm going to say, about 15 bets here at the circuit opening numbers today. So just give you a roundup of what Dan Saley played. And uh, he's obviously trying to get uh, closing line value on these games. And I think he's going to have it on San Jose State. So yeah. that's the late game, the bottom of the card Saturday. He's got San Jose minus four at Hawaii. He also played BYU plus two. Texas minus 23, Auburn plus 7, Colorado plus 2, Nevada minus 2, Iowa minus 21, Toledo minus 13, Marshall minus 10, Utah State plus 11, Virginia plus 10, UMass plus 19, Alabama minus 13. (laughs) Takes a lot lot of courage to get on the UMass (laughs) and UConn sides. Uh, Also... Uh, Virginia Tech plus three, and he played one total. Baylor, Kansas, over 49. We'll break down some of those games now, but JVT, you and I had a, a common best bet in college football over the weekend, and it turned out to be one of the best bets of the season. Arkansas we'll plus seven over Texas. Razorbacks ran over the Longhorns and embarrassed them. And uh, if you look at the box score, it's not deceiving. It was a one-sided game start to finish. It was, and I think this is a really good example. So we're, we're into this territory now, right? Week one to week two overreactions in the National Football League. This was a really good example of that in college football, right? The market in every way, shape, and form in week one goes with Louisiana in that first game on the road against the, right. the Longhorns in Austin, right? And Texas handles that game. Covers with relative ease, doesn't blow out Louisiana. Never really in doubt, though, that we were going to cover that number. Right. I think... Um... A lot of professional money was on Louisiana in that game. A 20 starters back. Texas closes as a single-digit home favorite, wins the game by 20. Overreaction, hey, Texas looks pretty good. And on top of that, Arkansas scuffles with Rice in the first half, right? Right. It has to blow them out in the second Mm -hmm. half. But there are a lot of things that you looked in those box scores, you realize that Arkansas is pretty damn good. And that offensive line is going to be a problem. And sure enough, uh, Arkansas takes care of business in that big way, 40-21 to in a game which they won with relative ease. But again, this running game, man, this is going to be something to behold. 
hold for Arkansas going forward. 47 carries, 333 yards yesterday against Texas. 7.1 yards per attempt and four touchdowns on the ground. K.J. Jefferson is big and he is mobile. He's got a strong arm too. The passing game's not as dynamic as you'd like it to be, but still him with Traylon Smith, that is a really, really effective ground game and a really good offensive line that Arkansas no has got. No question. That was my biggest bet on college football Saturday. Is one I wrote up as lead game for the New York Post and vcin.com. Arkansas has got some athletes. That thing came through. I mean, at halftime, I said, I wish I would have even bet more, mm-hmm. you know, because you could tell it was going to be a one-sided game and Texas was not going to get back in it. Uh, but that being said, now you wonder if Arkansas is going to hit a flat spot because it's similar to that BYU win over Utah where I'm sure the party is going to last for a few days. I still think in the big picture, this Arkansas team is going to be a lot to contend with for teams in the SEC, the best teams in the SEC. If you think back to Sam Pittman uh, when he took over uh, the Razorbacks, they beat Mississippi and Mississippi State last year. Yeah, Those are good wins. They took LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M to the wire. This Arkansas team's not a fluke. Uh, is, the next, is the next spot for Arkansas a flat spot? That's something to keep an eye on. But how about oh. Texas? How do you think Texas bounces back now? So Texas was a seven-point favorite most of the week, closed six here at the South Point, loses 40-21 to to Arkansas. Now Texas uh, faces a Rice team, a bad Rice team in Austin, and the number is uh, 24 and a half, 25 out there at DraftKings, 24 and a half at Circa. And Rice is a team that uh, got beat by 21 at Arkansas in the season opener. Yep, and, and you know I think we're probably going to see multiple quarterbacks in this game, right? Casey Thompson replaced Hudson Card, and Casey Thompson Arkansas. played better than Hudson Card yesterday. He, excuse yeah. me, he did, and, and that's a game, and that's a quarterback battle that went late to camp. Hudson Card, I thought, I think was a lot of people it was just kind of surprising that he won mm-hmm. the job, and then sure enough, you see him struggling that game against Arkansas. So I would not be surprised to see Texas work out the kinks and actually put uh, put both guys out there, run some offensive stuff, and try to work things out. And this Rice team, look, I mentioned that in that, that Arkansas game. They got blown out 31-10. to 10. I think it was 31-7 to 7 in that second half against Arkansas. It's not a good team. They got a poor front seven. Our, uh, Texas is going to be able to do some things with a really talented right. running back core, and I think you'll probably see Texas push to cover that number. Can I throw one game at you? you? Know, that's, no. <clears throat> by the way, this is a game where I would not look at the dog because I yeah. think uh, Steve Sarkissian is going to try This is one of those get-right games where you want to get your offense right and you want to get both quarterbacks a lot of playing time. Hudson Card, Casey Thompson, I, I think are both going to get opportunities to put up big numbers. And this is a serious quarterback competition. Yeah. If Thompson outplays him, I think Thompson's going to win the job uh, going into that uh, next week's game against Texas Tech. Uh, I, I think Texas is going to put a big number up on Rice. So I'm really interested. I'm going to throw one game at you and get your thoughts on this. So we always talk, we were talking about perceptions, right? And I want to look a little bit more into the games that they played uh, over the weekend in their first two. But one game that I got pretty interested in watching was uh, Miami against Appalachian State. And you know, Miami doesn't cover. Very close game. Appalachian State's a pretty, do- pretty good team, though. Very quality program. Yeah. But this is now consecutive weeks in which the Hurricanes have failed to cover. They get blown out by Alabama in week one in that primetime spot. Then they get kind of a standalone spot in a week's schedule, and Appalachian State plays them tight. And I think the market perception is probably kind of at an all-time low here for Miami at this point. You saw a lot of why is this team ranked, what is going on. So now you get Michigan State this week, and the market of initially moves, right? We were talking about I'm going to make sure I have this right. You saw initially the opener over at Circa. Eight. eight and now we're talking about six and a half. Mm-hmm. Well under that key number of seven, right? You get that, that hook with a total of 56 and a half. 
Look, Michigan State got to beat up on Youngstown right last this last weekend, and they got a really strong win against Northwestern, but a lot of that damage came in the first half, didn't do much in the second half against True. Northwestern. I wonder if the perception in Miami is at a low to the point where I can get in now under this touchdown and lay this against Michigan State. Well, I think you're going to be able to lay six with the Hurricanes if you like that side. I see a six out there at DraftKings right now, so... Uh, I, would, I would tend to agree with you here. I think uh, De'Ara King and the, the Hurricanes are probably in a pretty good spot here at home against the Spartans. And how good is Michigan State? Really don't know right. because I, I don't think Northwestern's anything special. And then you play Youngstown State. Uh, it might be like, like you uh, you talk about buy low, sell high. I think this might be a buy low spot on Miami. Yeah, yeah, that that stuck out to me. And then I am interested. I don't have really an angle, uh, but I am interested in – this Cincinnati-Indiana contest. Yeah, this opened four, by yeah. the way. I made the number two and a half, and I made Cincinnati a two-and-a-half-point uh, road favorite when I was making numbers last night. It opened at circuit Cincinnati four. It's been bet down to three, and the Bearcats obviously have to win this game and the game at Notre Dame in two weeks. They're going to have to run the table for a shot to get in the playoffs. Indiana has not looked that great. I was a little bit surprised the Indiana number against Idaho was so low. I saw 31 initially. Yeah on the uh, extra board, and uh, the Hoosiers won that game easily. But that game means nothing, right? And I, I don't think the Iowa game in week one means a whole lot either because of the turnovers, and that was just uh, one of those outlier performances I think you kind of draw a line through. Who is Indiana right now? We're going to find out this week. Yep. And, um, yeah, I like Cincinnati a little bit in the game, but I thought four was too much. I said I made the number two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, and, so, and I'm glad you brought it. So Iowa, too, is one of those teams. So, and it, it's Iowa a really can make good, you look bad. Well, and here's the thing about <laughs> Iowa, right, because you, you talked about the right, the two right. big sixes. But, again, one of those instances where a lot of damage in the first half, Indiana gets spirals out of control in the first half. Second half, hold Iowa to a field goal, look much better defensively, things even out. But going to Iowa and kind of building off that, you know, we're not going to do it this week because Iowa's got a, a cupcake in front of them. But I do wonder, like, a team like Iowa, Iowa, where the shot to take is going to be against them. Because the turnover luck through the first two games sure. has been insane. But it also might be one of those seasons where they right, just have the right. turnover luck that keeps rolling yeah, every week. And, yeah. well, and short sample yeah. size is right. They're short, but that could last a short season. That could last just two games. But the bounces and the tip passes that have fallen into the hands of their defenders, the way this has worked for them through two games now, I want to find this my shot to take against you're, Iowa. You're right but, about uh, that. You're, yeah. you know, Kirk Herbstreet said something during the uh, Iowa-Iowa State game. It was true, too. He said, Iowa's style of play just makes it a really tough matchup for yep. most teams. Yes, indeed. Uh, nobody knows that better than Matt Campbell. Well, we're all done here on the opening lines, uh, but we're not done. For those who don't know, our new schedule tomorrow tips off. The details you'll find out manana, but we are live on The Edge, which is back at 1 p.m. Pacific time. We'll see you. Make this football betting season your best ever with the VSIN experts. Get daily email updates. 24-7 video streaming, plus exclusive data on vcin.com. We deliver everything you need to succeed, whether you're playing contests, futures, or betting against the spread. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe and get our all-access package for less than $22 a month. The way you watch sports will never be the same. Welcome to Stadium Swim, America's largest outdoor amphitheater. Located at the mecca of sports and fun, Circa Resort and Casino. Three levels, six pools, 143-foot screens, plus 365 days of operation, all games, all seasons. All the more reason to visit Las Vegas' new attraction, Stadium Swim. It's always spectator season. 
This is VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN experts live and breathe sports betting, and we've assembled the best team here in Vegas, the gambling capital of the world. Our unique approach helps you learn how to become a better handicapper. We go beyond picks and predictions to discuss the numbers and analysis that matter to sports bettors. The action never stops, and we are always on for you with TV, radio, and digital coverage. Invest in your sports betting success. Visit vcin.com to learn more. New to vcin, the best way to learn more about 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 the best way. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 